0: If you've ever made a major life choice, like deciding to have children or move across the country or change your job, and when you tell people in your life about it, everybody has a thought and opinion on how you should do it or if you should do it, and you realize, wait a minute, this is my choice. Why is everybody else telling me how to do it? Maybe you get annoyed by that, even though it comes from a place of love. If you've ever felt that, then congratulations. You can relate to Jordan Addison. Welcome to the Everman series on the Locked On Vikings podcast.
1: You, liked it on three? One, two, three. you, you like 3123?
0: You are Locked On Vikings. Your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, hello, hello everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day, each and every day. And a special shout out to my hashtag, Everydayers. Sound off if you can. You can find this show on any podcasting platform. You can also find it on YouTube or even Amazon Fire and Roku if you download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's Jordan Addison Day. We're going to talk about Jordan Addison all up and down today. I've got two different guests, one who covered him at Pitt, uh, Christopher Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, also does Locked On Steelers. And uh, the host of Locked On USC, Mark Culkin, will also join the show to talk about him. And also, we're just going to go through his story, the story of how he got to the NFL, how he became a Viking, all the way from... Frederick, Maryland, where he grew up, same hometown as Chuck Foreman. Incidentally, I believe the only other player from Frederick, Maryland to get drafted. Um, this is the Everyman series, a series of podcasts I'm going to do this summer covering every man on the 90-man roster, not necessarily analyzing so much, not talking too much about on-field stuff. We will do some of that in the interviews today, but more so focusing on who they are, where they came from, how they became the people that they are, and trying to come to a more human understanding. Of these players. And with Jordan Addison, I want to start you out off the field in high school and having a struggle, the same kind of struggle a lot of players have in their time in school, which is the grades weren't great uh, at, at a certain point in high school. He sat down with his coach at the time. Um, and I believe his parents, and they had to have a talk and say, hey, you, you got to get your grades up. You're trying to get into college. We need to make sure you're still eligible and all that stuff. You don't want to have to, you know, start looking at juco schools or anything like that. Get your grades up. And he says, OK, sounds like a good challenge. And the next time we check in on this, he's got a three, seven, five. <laughs> that is Jordan Addison. You tell him something and he takes it to heart. His coaches tell him something. He's going to do it. He is going to do everything in his power to improve. And I think that drive for improvement is what really sticks out to me as a through line over all these different stories and all these different moments and cross sections of his life that you can see from the public eye, from write-ups or, or talking to people who covered him. You can say uh, his his high school, what is his high school coach's name? His high school coach, uh, Vince Ahern, I'm going to say is how you pronounce it. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. We'll say like, you can tell him, you know, hey, you got to change this, this and that about your rep. You can give him three different instructions and he'll go out on the next rep and he'll do all of them, which is this incredible capacity to like take in information and apply it to his body. That connection between mind and body, that coordination is, is fairly rare and, and part of what makes him the playmaker that he is. And because he was so much of a playmaker, he played wide receiver a lot inside outside he uh played a little bit of quarterback a little bit of option halfback like wing t stuff this is very high school uh even played the other side a little bit of safety a little bit of corner um he was just that guy on the high school team that's just the best player that they have so get him the ball every single time and you can just kind of win games um so when colleges start pitching him He gets a lot of different stuff. Most of the colleges want him to be a wide receiver, but Notre Dame is the interesting one. They want him to be a corner, and they actually give him a really solid pitch. He got really close to being a member of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, which is kind of funny, because that was Brian Kelly at Notre Dame at the time, and then Brian Kelly goes to LSU, considering that he did end up going to the transfer portal before his final year of school. If he does the same thing, he might follow Brian Kelly or whoever to LSU. We might have been looking at an LSU D-back, you know, DBU, let's get it. Um, uh, but instead he ends up at Pitt. He was actually down to between or uh, well, he, he was down to Pitt and Notre Dame, but he really ultimately decided he wanted to be a wide receiver. He was talking to his brother about it, who said, Hey man, you're special with the ball. Go be on offense. Go be a ball, a, a ball carrying playmaker type. And that's what he did. Um, he, he would have gone to Maryland. He was actually getting recruited really hard by Chris Beatty, who ended up being his wide receivers coach at Pitt. Uh, but he was at Maryland to start that process. DJ Durkin gets fired at Maryland after the 2018 season, I believe it was, and um, in all of that staff shakeup, Chris Beatty leaves, goes to Pitt, the other school that's recruiting that's recruiting Addison, and keeps recruiting Addison. Says, "Hey, I changed schools, but I still want you. Doesn't matter what what jersey." And so he goes and works with Chris Beatty. I'll let Christopher Carter tell you more about that. He was covering the Pittsburgh Panthers during those two years where Jordan Addison was there with Kenny Pickett and all of that. So we'll we'll go chat with him next. Uh, But first, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, which is Built Bar. Delicious protein bars that taste like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% chocolate come in amazing flavors like churro peanut butter brownie cookies and cream they've got the puffs which are like a marshmallowy kind they have been huge for me I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more serious about eating well and watching what I eat and kind of counting my my calories and stuff Um Bilt Bar, 130 calories, but it tastes like a candy bar. Four grams of sugar, but it tastes like a candy bar. I am so bad about like having a meal that's like not satisfying enough, and then, then I'll go snack, and it's horrible. But Built Bar kind of gives me an out, gives me something to snack on that makes me feel like, okay, I've, I've had a nice little treat, but I don't uh, have to completely throw my entire day's worth of calories off for it. It is awesome. You can always go to built.com to get a box delivered directly to your door. But if you don't want to wait, you can also find some at Walmart or Sam's club. Once again, that is built.com. You'll thank me later. All right, everybody excited to be here with Christopher Carter. Good buddy of mine locked on Steelers, but uh, relevant to this covered the university of Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh post gazette when Jordan Addison was there. So I wanted to ask Chris a couple of questions about Jordan Addison, but uh, give me just like the general overview, your general opinion of Jordan Addison as a wide receiver, as, as kind of broad strokes as you as you want, and then we'll we'll needle him further. Jordan is a playmaker before anything else. As a guy who watched him
1: come in as, a, as a rookie in twenty twenty, absolutely playmaker. He looks to to run through uh, defenders if he has to. He looks to make the extra play, and he works very hard at being the best because he wants to shine on big stages. That's what he's always lived for. And as we'll get into talking here a little bit, every time that I was covering him in his freshman season in 2020, he made some mistakes. In 2021, he eliminated so many of them just through his hard work because he was pushing because he wanted to be the best receiver out there. And that's how he won the Bolitnikoff Award for being the best receiver Mm -hmm. in 2021, his last year with Pitt.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's just a guy. I mean, we were talking before the show, his handle is ESPN underscore Jordan. Like he wants to be on, on the sports center. Top 10.
1: That's, that's his, his kind of game. That was his handle in high school. And it's, it's very interesting because from covering Jordan Addison, he was recruited by Chris Beatty and he was the wide receiver coach for Pitt. Uh, He left, uh, he left for for the chargers now, right? Yes, exactly. Which is very interesting that they, that the chargers passed on him with that connection there. But Beatty left left Pitt, and that brought in Brennan Marion, who at the time was coming from a smaller school. He's now the OC at UNLV, but he was coming to redefine the wide receiver group for Pitt. And he just knew how to needle at at all his players, but especially at Jordan. And like during practices, you know, I would talk with with Brennan Marion about this. He said during practices, like if Jordan Addison made a great play, like if he beat a defender in a one on one, but didn't score a touchdown or didn't do something extra, Brennan Marion would like walk up behind him and like whisper like that's not going to get you on ESPN. And like <laughs> Jordan Addison would just be like, mm, like, how dare you say that? And he would go out there and then do the thing that he didn't do on the last play. And then he said, that's just who Jordan is. And he was like, Chris, he's like, when I first met Jordan, you know, I knew that kid had ESPN underscore Jordan. That is his Twitter handle when he was in high school. So he has always dreamed about being on this big stage. And to me, that's when I was like, so Jordan he he wants this really bad. And he's like, Chris, you have no idea. And then in 2021, you know, Pitts in 2020, Pitt's, uh, Pitts receiver room, you know, Kenny Pickett's numbers didn't look great in 2020, but a lot of it was because of drops, and not just because of Jordan, but across the board. The wide receivers, pitch wide receivers just dropped the ball rather consistently. It was it was a big it was a big issue. 2021 was his freshman stopped year. being Yes, that was yeah, 2020 was his freshman year, true freshman, came right in, wowed everyone in training camp, earned a starting spot. Then in 2021, all of a sudden there was a change of tone in the wide receiver room. Part of it was Mary, but part of it was also Jordan and the younger receivers on the team. And I would, I, you know, I go to I go to the the, the, pit, the pit training facility for for practices and to cover them. And mind you, their facility is attached to the Steelers, so it's a very interesting dynamic there where you can float between the two of them, but. You can I could see whenever I would leave uh, the Pitts facility, and I'd be going through their practice field to get to the parking lot. Oftentimes, Jordan Addison would be there with two other receivers, and they'd just be working the jugs machine. And then I talked to Pat Narduzzi, who's the head coach at Pitt, and he was like, "You won't believe this, but like, I, I like turn on my headlights in the parking lot when I'm leaving at like 9 p.m. and they're out there with the jugs machine. I'm like, I could have hit you guys. Like, what are you doing? And that was the mentality." <laughs> right like it was crazy but that was the mentality that Jordan had and then that led to what was a spectacular season in 2021 for Jordan Addison they he started the year with five straight games of touchdowns two of which were back-to-back games with three touchdowns against smaller schools like Western Michigan mm-hmm. and New Hampshire but but then it was when the ACC t- uh the ACC uh season or and their and their schedule really picked up and Pitt eventually went on to win the ACC that year first time that they had done that since they joined mm-hmm. the conference but uh he was a huge part of that especially in the game clinch in, in the uh division clinching game against Virginia when he went off for 202 yards and four touchdowns lots to talk about there too
0: yeah I'm, I'm really excited to uh dive into that game in particular um so look i, I i'm gonna also talk to uh mark from locked on usc and get a little bit of other information about addison so i'll, I'll, I'll let you go with this um what Don't I know about Jordan Addison as someone who's just watched a little bit of tape and just kind of know what what the general national consciousness knows? What am I missing there that I need to know about Jordan Addison?
1: What you need to know is that Jordan Addison is a guy that he's going to go the extra mile to make the extra play a lot of times for your team. He's going to be the guy that does things. You go back to that Virginia game I was just talking about. Pitt was going back and forth with Virginia's offense. They couldn't stop Virginia's offense at the time. So it was just a matter of Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison just connecting and connecting and connecting. And then towards the end of the game there, Kenny Pickett was dropping back and he underthrew a pass. It was was his worst pass of the game and he was, he was on fire, but he underthrew a pass and a Virginia defender was lined up to intercept it and give Virginia a chance to take the lead. But Jordan Addison saw it kind of comes back on his route, jumps, jumps kind of over the defender, takes the ball off of him, then stops, turns around and runs the other way and scores a, a long touchdown. And it was just, it was one of the more remarkable plays I had seen of a player live that I've covered. And I was just like, it, it just it exploded uh at the time Heinz field uh with in front of a home crowd there. And it clinched their path to the ACC championship. That was who a, a guy who I saw do that extra mile so often. And he was a big part of what made Kenny pick it a first round, uh, first round draft pick when people saw like, man, when he actually had weapons around him and he was in full control, he can operate in offense, and that's why the Steelers picked him there. But Jordan Addison, you know, his work ethic, his 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 passion to be better and to be in the spotlight is a big part of who he is. Now I will say this, you know, he left for USC and people, you know, had mm-hmm. questions about that. All all the talk was that he just got the NIL deal that no one could deny. Like it was just millions of money deal. Uh, it was a big money deal, but it's not, it hasn't sullied any relationships. When we talked to uh, pit players that, 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 stayed and are, are even now headed to the NFL. They're like, Jordan's my friend. Like that was, there's no ill will here. And in fact, Jordan Addison even said uh, at the combine H2P, which means hail to pit. And that's like the, the rallying cry yeah. for pit fans. So like, There was still a love there for Pitt. It was just more about USC. But that guy, he's going to bust his butt. And I I think that him with Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, and the weapons that you got there in Minnesota, he can light up some numbers and be part of a scheme. And he's not afraid of not being the main guy. But when his time comes to shine, he is used to rising up to the occasion. And he might be the big play receiver that Minnesota needs to compound with Justin Jefferson. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really the logic is, you know, Justin Jefferson gets all this attention, safety over the top all the time. And, you know, we need mm-hmm. somebody who can punish defenses for doing that. And that's, I think, the the point of uh, of taking Addison. It's funny, the the war room, the Vikings released like a video inside their war room. And when they they took him, uh, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi were looking at each other like we stuck to the plan. We stuck to the plan. So it really seemed like he was a <laughs> guy that they were targeting that uh, that whole night. Uh, Christopher, thank you so much. Again, you can find Christopher on locked on Steelers. You can listen to that wherever you listen to this show. Uh, tell them about everything else.
1: Everywhere you also else can that find uh, me people at, can find you. Of course you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh post gazette post gazette.com. Well, all my stuff on pit guys and who knows, maybe there's some more pit guys that, 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 that'll be, that'll be floating around. I covered a few other pit guys that, uh, that, that have come to the Vikings over the years Luke. Mm-hmm. So you all my coverage there. Yeah, yeah O'Neal, o- uh, Patrick Jones uh, for a little mm-hmm. bit. There was Jalen Twyman, uh, but seems like Minnesota's kind of becoming a little Pittsburgh North there uh, at times, a little but, bit. Uh, but all my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.
0: We have gotten to the point in Jordan Addison's story where he enters the transfer portal. This is where Jordan Addison gets a little more controversial as a figure. If you ask a diehard Pittsburgh Panthers fan or a member of their media or even a member of their organization, their program. Um, you might hear some not very kind things about Jordan Addison. But if you ask somebody at USC, they'll kind of say, well, yeah, of course he wanted to come to the Trojans. What a great program we are. Really, this starts with Lincoln Riley, who leaves Oklahoma to go be the coach of the USC Trojans. And Lincoln Riley is a transfer portal guy. That is how he loves to build teams, like building the team through free agency. And we're really used to that in the NFL ranks, but it's still weird in college. There is this sense of loyalty, the sense of like, we were giving you an education, we were giving you everything and you just up and left to a better opportunity. There is this sense of betrayal to it. And there's also a sense of tampering. This doesn't really reflect on Jordan Addison, but you have to understand it as context to, to why Jordan Addison felt the way he did coming to USC, which was, there were rumors about Addison to USC before he formally entered the transfer portal, which is tampering. That's against the rules. Um, so Pat Narduzzi had some words for Lincoln Riley. Apparently there was a heated phone call, and it's been this really contentious thing. So you kind of add the sense of betrayal, the sense of maybe even cheating, um, the the sense too that maybe he's just doing this for the money because NIL is such a big deal, which he denies but honestly I don't know Jordan if you're listening if you did do it for the money I certainly don't blame you go get the bag dude for what it's worth I don't know of any NIL NIL deals that Jordan Addison has signed anyways so he to to hear him tell it it's about playing with Caleb Williams uh playing for Lincoln Riley and in that cool offense you know his quarterback got drafted and Kenny Pickett got drafted he was no longer going to be there and I think Jordan Addison wanted, again, to, as much as he could, leverage control over his surroundings to improve himself, to give himself the best opportunity to truly excel and shine. It is the best move for him. He made the best move for his own career. And to hear my opinion on it, to whoever it matters to, I think that that's great. I That, that is absolutely a thing that college players should be allowed to do. They should given the 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 blessing to do just like we do here in the pros right you say "Mm, i don't really want to play here because i don't think i can get a starting role i uh you know i want to be traded i i want a different contract i'm going to hold out for a negotiation i think players should have the leeway to leverage their own situation to maximize their own benefit i think that's just the, the way things should work um but in college there's so much vitriol And if you go look up what people were saying about Jordan Addison, it was cruel. It was mean. It was, I mean, he said he got dragged through the mud by the media, by the way that people covered it. And I think he took it to heart and it really fueled him at USC. It goes back to the way I started this episode. I mean, he made the decision that was right for him and everybody else thought that they needed to be heard about what he did. And I think for Addison, it's, well, I'll show you then. I'm to show you that this was right for me and I'm going to go be a superstar in Los Angeles. Um, that brings us to his final year at USC, which uh, I have Mark Culkin on the line here and we're going to go talk about it. All right, everybody. I'm here now with Locked On USC's Mark Culkin. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining me and talking to me about Jordan Addison and Makai Blackman. So let's start with uh, Addison, and I guess... So he only was a Trojan for one year. Uh, tell me what it was like when you found out Jordan Addison was going to become a Trojan. Well, he was actually a really late addition to USC. Um, you know,
2: when the transfer portal came about, you know, everybody so- focused on that early window uh, when USC kind of went crazy. Lincoln Riley did almost a, a complete roster overhaul. And then you have the, the spring uh, portal, and Jordan Addison just kind of appeared. It was in May, right in time for, you know, classes to sign up and there he was. And you know, we heard a lot of this commotion and, you know, in the background his former coach at Pittsburgh, Pat Norciuti wasn't too happy about that. But um he showed up and he instantly clicked with with Caleb Williams. They they became the the uh the combo um as as far as leading receivers and and, and making that offense go from from a passing standpoint. He 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 transitioned rather seamlessly. It was almost like yeah. he was there his whole time.
0: So give me the, the broad strokes of Jordan Addison as somebody who wasn't very familiar with college football. I mean, I, I don't watch any college football, but my first familiarity with Jordan Addison was researching for the draft. Hey, this is a guy the Vikings might pick. Okay. So give me the broad strokes of somebody relatively new to this guy.
2: So if, if you're asking what is, what is he going to bring to Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, he's, not the, he's not the fastest guy in the world. And he's not the biggest guy. But he is he's a great receiver. He runs terrific routes. Uh, his footwork, uh, his hands are really good. So you're you're getting a a, a whole package, but he, he's not someone who you would consider a game breaker. But at the end of the day, you know, if he has six or seven receptions and a hundred yards, you're gonna go, wow, that guy's he's pretty good. And having a guy on, on the Vikings, you know, Justin Jefferson, that's actually going to make Jordan's game a lot better. Uh, at USC, you have a, a big group of really good wide receivers. Um, I, I don't know if Minnesota has the same cadre of wide receivers, but Jordan Addison is a guy who you can line up outside, you can line him up inside, and he's going to be able to create his own space.
0: Yeah. And I guess at USC when he was on the field, was he the guy getting all the attention from the defense? Or was is there enough depth on that USC receiving core where defenses couldn't really feel good about just oh we'll bracket Addison and let everybody else be one on one?
2: Well and that was the pick your poison type of thing when you're going up okay. to USC's offense.
0: Caleb Williams, you know, he's most people assume
2: is going to be the number one overall draft pick in twenty twenty four. So yeah, you you can try and and bracket and cheat over to Addison's side, but someone else is going to be wide open. So you didn't see too much of that. What you did see with Jordan was how they his versatility and how they lined him up. He wasn't mm-hmm. just lining up, you know, as a wide receiver, flanker, or in the slot. They would line him up in the backfield. And you can run him out on a wheel route and instantly you've got a mismatch created on a on a linebacker. It's just it's really hard to defend a player like Jordan Addison because of the way you can utilize him.
0: Yeah, and so what what do you think his preferred way to win is? Like, if he joined a team where, and this isn't really the Vikings, everybody does a little of everything, but if he joined a team where everybody was super specialized and he was going to be specialized, what do you think the best way to use him would be if you kind of had, would it be a, as an after catch kind of tunnel screen guy as a deep routes guy, as a, you know, possession, just run a, a 12 yard out on third down kind of guy. Would the, I guess the short
2: answer would be yes. Um, because yeah. I've seen him do all of it. <laughs> right. He, he, he's, he's more than capable of going across the middle. If you want to run some of those tunnel screens, uh, if you want to run those, um, you know, those quick outs, 10, 12 out yard he knows how to use his feet around the sideline as well, and then yeah, he can he can use that uh, that dead leg and put a move on somebody and instantly get by you and you're going to have a hard time catching up. So he can he can run the the entire route tree. It's a matter of you know how does Minnesota want to use him to his to the best of his abilities his first year and kind of just let him you know naturally grow.
0: Yeah, and uh, so you already mentioned this. He's a smaller guy, right? Um, he didn't test all that well, but he was dealing with a back thing at the Combine. USC's Pro Day was rained out, basically. So that data has been kind of a point of debate of like, well, is he fast? Isn't he fast? But we know that he's small. So my question becomes, what happens when a, when a physical corner gets in his face? Is that something he can? he's he's equipped to punish? Uh, or are we talking, yeah, he'll get bullied around. I, I saw him get bullied around a little bit on tape, but I've I watched a lot less than you have.
2: Yeah, you know it's interesting. He got you didn't press him too much in college, at least in the year that I watched him play at USC. But I think as the year wore on, he learned how to be more savvy and to kind of be able to to use his footwork and and to give himself an advantage. So the guy could not get a clean a clean break, you know, clean hand on him, so to speak. Uh, so it'll it'll be a learning process for him. Like I said, he's not the biggest guy. So that's something he will... If you want to call that one of his weaknesses, that'll be something he'll have to work on.
0: For sure. Um, Now, I know Jordan Addison from Pitt days as like the playmaker of playmakers, Boletnikov, that whole deal. So I want you to just give me one... Just describe to me and tell me where I can find it. One play that Jordan Addison made that you can't get out of your head that's like, man, this dude is the dude. Oh, um...
2: Yeah, and it, it was something that wasn't even like it wasn't one of those wow plays, but it was one of those plays where, okay, where's Jordan Addison? Well, he's not a flanker. He's not lined up the slot. Oh, there he is. He's at H back.
0: <laughs> all
2: of a sudden, sure. he's running that route, and you see the entire defense was chasing. They had no idea where he was. Awesome. It, it was one of those types of things. If you If you have a creative offensive playmaker or play caller and a, a quarterback, Uh, who you have to worry about keeping the ball. It makes a player like Jordan Addison um, that much more dynamic.
0: One more on Addison, and then we'll move on to the other side of the ball. Uh, What is something that, as somebody who only really knows the the national consciousness's idea of Jordan Addison, I know what everybody else knows, what don't I know that I should that you can only really get from the, the USC perspective from a guy that covers USC every day?
2: Uh, he's just, he's all business. He's a professional. It, when we, when we have the opportunity to interview him, um, he, he comes across very well, very well-spoken, but you just get the sense that, you know what, I'm here. I've got a job. I'm focused on my job and I'm not here to, you know, it wasn't a, a lot of people thought, you know, people are coming to USC because they're, you know, NIL and it's the glitz, mm-hmm. glamour. He had an opportunity to play with the best player in college football and to kind of refine his game playing for one of the better offensive coaches in the country. And so he used USC, and, and I, I use the term used very loosely, um, to kind of hone his craft. To you get use more. each other. Yeah, that's... To, you know, to get the maximum exposure. And let's face it, Los Angeles is a bigger TV market than Pittsburgh. Caleb Williams is a bigger quarterback than whatever Pittsburgh was dealing with. They ended up with uh, USC's Keaton Slovis. Um, so, really? Yeah, it, it, ironically. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And Keaton Slovis is now at Brigham Young. So <laughs> it, it's almost and like... The
0: Vikings have Jaron Hall. It's weird.
2: There you go. It's a small world. Um, it's almost like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it, it was. I think it was just a, you're going to get a very professional pro- football player. Uh, that, you're not that's have issues with Jordan Addison off the field.
0: That that's music to I think some people's ears who saw him. when he get when he got drafted and and his uh, first kind of words were well, all right let's get paid which i think is a fantastic line i think that's awesome but people were like oh no is he just about the money and everything so i'm sure those people
2: will be very glad that's to hear that generation that's just part of their
0: yeah, i mean yeah you're getting drafted on espn your handle is espn jordan you got a six suit on I enjoy the moment man like, like come on
2: <laughs> that's my day if i have the talent of jordan addison i still don't have the confidence to wear the suit he wore
0: want to extend another sincere thank you to uh, Christopher Carter and Mark Colkin for giving me their time. We're actually going to talk to Mark again uh, next week about Makai Blackman, who also was a transfer a Lincoln Riley guy transferring from Colorado. We're going to do a similar thing there, but this is going to be the way the show is for a while here. Uh, a lot of this kind of story stuff, I used to call this the story time series because it's about telling the story of people. And, and one of the things I truly believe in life is everybody has a great story. If you tell it right, and, um, I guess this is sort of my proof of that. Everybody's got a great story and a reason to root for them. And if you stick with me through the summer, every day, your team, every day, baby locked on podcast network, um, you will go into camp truly knowing who you do and who, who you want to root for. You'll have some favorites that usually you wouldn't pay any attention to, but it'll be the fourth quarter of a preseason game. You're going to be like, Oh my God, that's my guy. Uh, I love doing the story time series, the every man series for that reason and i hope you stick with me for it uh i will see you all for the next one and as always skull